You are Locked On Clippers Postcast, part of Locked On Los Angeles on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to another edition of the Clippers Postcast on the Locked On Clippers Podcast feed on the Locked On Sports LA YouTube channel. I am Pete Fox covering sports in LA for ESPN LA and NBC Sports Radio dating back to 2007. Just went final in LA, a matinee for the Clippers against the Pistons, who are definitely not the Pistons that we've been used to seeing over the last few months. They have turned things around. Uh, They did not win tonight. Clippers pulled it off, but they had to come from behind and break their backside to get it done because this Pistons team uh, has definitely figured something out. 112-106 the final. Today's episode of the Locked On Clippers postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Yes, this Clippers team uh, coming off a loss at home after the long road trip. Uh, they lost to the Pelicans a couple of nights ago. Uh, they come in to face the Pistons today in a matinee. We got Kings tonight also on the ice at Crypto.com. But the Clippers, I don't know that they took this team lightly because they saw them just last week in Detroit, and we knew that they could play and have definitely improved, especially knowing what the Pistons did their last two games out. They beat Portland, and they beat Sacramento, and that one wasn't close. A 13-point win against the Kings in Sacramento, and uh, the Kings had a big win last night. Who'd they beat? Oh, Denver. So the Kings are playing well. So two big wins for the Pistons coming into this one. And they were looking every bit as confident as those wins would indicate after the Clippers went on a 12-2 run to start the game. Uh, So the Clippers came out firing. Paul George looked good right out of the gate, as did James Harden. 12-2 for the Clippers early, which was backed up right away by this gritty Pistons team with a 12-2 run. So the game was tied at 14 after that uh, early break back and forth. And then uh, at the end of one, it was 31-30 Clippers. So it it really wasn't like the Clippers were paying badly. It was just like the Pistons were doing everything right. 31-30, they had the pressure on. They did not let up. Um, Ty Lue had a look on his face like, who the hell are these guys? Like, what Pistons team is this, <laughs> right? They were playing well. They He had you know, a bit of worry on his face because it was they were running the break effectively, and the Clippers were just on their heels for a good portion of that first half. Uh, I, the, the things, the notes I took about the first half for the Clippers were pretty much all negative, uh, aside from the fact that the Pistons' D was just tough. So it wasn't as if the Clippers were not shooting the ball well. They both shot 46% in the first half. But as I said, Pistons were running the break. The Clippers could not deal with it defensively. The uh, the Clippers passing was lazy, sloppy, uh, and their transition D was bad. So they were, they were just not really able to keep up and do what needed to be done to slow this Pistons team down. And, and, you know, the Pistons were shooting the ball very effectively from deep. Um, as I mentioned, running the break very well, and the Clippers could not, really get anything going with the three ball all in all on the, on the whole night, they didn't shoot the three ball or afternoon rather didn't shoot the three ball very well. They did of course get it to a respectable number of 33% by the end of the game. And most of that came in the fourth quarter when they rallied 
Paul George, all in all, was the man of the night. I keep saying night because that's what we do. The man of the day, 14 of 24 for 33 points. So the team jumped on his back, and Kawhi Leonard was good as well. Seven of 18 for 24 points. Paul George was shooting uh, deep well. He had four threes but took 13 shots, so that's not great. But four threes is good for him. And more than anything, I like the way he was penetrating and getting nice layups with a lot of force. He had a, uh, a you know thunderous dunk and an and one in the second half, which we'll get to in the bucket list here in the next segment. But all in all, a, a bounce back night for Paul George, which we like to see because he hasn't been great of late. And Kawhi Leonard bounced back where he didn't play well against the um, Pelicans a couple of nights ago. So seven of 18 is what it, you exactly expect from Paul uh, Kawhi Leonard with seven of 18 with three threes and 24 points. Uh, the Pistons had this one ugly stat hanging over their head. They were 11 and 17 when leading by double figures. And they had a 58 49 lead at the break. They led by as many as 13. And it just felt like they knew that that was going to be a problem for them. In spite of the fact that Kawhi Leonard had a shaky first half where he was four of 10. So a, a great finish for him in the second half. You go four of 10, which is 40%. Uh, I'm a math genius. Yes, four of 10, I can tell you, is in fact 40%. But when you go four of 10 in the first half and then finish seven of 18, that's a very, very good second half. So they come out in the second half after the, uh, you know, the break, the breakdown, the talking to by the coaches, and they just played a different game. And similarly to what they did in Detroit, Pistons were playing well in the first half in that game as well. Uh, the Clippers came out, turned things around on the third. But here the difference was tonight, today, God, uh, the, the Pistons kept it rolling until about midway through the fourth. What really changed things for the Clippers was in the third, late in the third, Ty Lu went small. Uh, kept Zubats, Plumley. And Tice on the bench. Tice did not even play at all tonight. Uh, Zubats only played 20 minutes and Plumlee played 12. And that's where things turned around. Late in the third, they were down 10. It was, um, what was the score at that point? I don't know exactly, but they went on a 42-22 run to turn things around. So uh, all in all, a great second half for the Clippers. They have to feel good about the way this went. And if you're a Pistons fan, uh, you have to feel confident that this team is starting to play. Turning things around there, they got some young, good players, and it's not that team that lost 20-plus in a row early in the season. They've uh, now won two of their last three and battled in this one, and it, you know it's a, a feel-good loss, a silver-lining loss for the Pistons on the road after two very nice wins, one over the Sacramento Kings and one over the Portland Trailblazers. But uh, all in all, uh, this one was about the Clippers' second half, which we'll get into a little bit more after the break. Thank you for joining me here on the Clippers Sports LA YouTube channel and the Locked On Clippers podcast feed. We'll do the bucket list uh, right after this. All right, today's episode, I got it right. Today's episode partially brought to you by FanDuel. Of course, Super Bowl is tomorrow, and it wouldn't be the Super Bowl if you didn't have some action wagered on uh, on the game parlays exotics that's the term i was looking for a couple of nights ago that i couldn't come up with that's what the super bowl is all about betting these exotic uh wagers and right now 
New customers to FanDuel get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed, and that comes on just a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose, app is so very easy to use, and there are so many different ways to use it, like same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. So if you like a player that you know is hot and is on a roll, you want to bet on that player, you go to the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and it's uh, – Plenty of other options and a whole lot more for you to find there, especially around Super Bowl time. I, I bet you can go pages and pages deep on different exotic bets there. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Clippers with a 112-106 win over the Pistons. It was gutty. It was tough at times, and uh, it was a, a win that I'm, I'm assuming they have to feel very good about because this Piston team is not what their 8-44 and 44 record would indicate. They are playing much better. They've, they've found a lot of things in a lot of different players. Uh, this guy, Jaden Ivey. Played very well. He had 23 points. He was 10 of 21, had a couple of threes in 36 minutes. Uh, their center, Duran, is, is a heck of a good player and uh, can throw an elbow. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, it was an accident, and uh, Norman Powell was on the other end of one of his big elbows and left the court uh, in an, you know, under the assistance of a couple of different guys. So you have to wonder if he was concussed. After that elbow to the head, he was definitely bleeding profusely all over the floor, which was an ugly scene, but uh, hoping for the best with Norman Powell because he's a big part of the Clippers lately, especially in the fourth quarter. So there was a bit of worry when he went out and this game was still in doubt. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the Clippers are deep enough to not have to worry too much about it. But you worry about his well-being because he didn't look right after he got smacked in the head, he kind of just went down as most people do when they get hit in the head. And there was just a big pile of blood all over the floor or pool, I guess you would say. Uh, so they mopped that up quickly. Um, you know, put towels on his head and tended to him. I don't know if they butterflied it. They didn't stitch it, but when they helped him up off the floor, he was very unstable, which that is kind of the part we all noticed saying that's weird. Uh, it it leads you to believe that he's got a concussion. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there, but it wasn't a pretty sight to see him leave like that. So best of wishes to Norm Powell. But um, the, the the message from Christina Pink that she got from uh, Coach Shaw after halftime going into the third was that the Pistons were way more physical and work, outworked the Clippers, and they need to keep up with that, which, of course, they did. They were more physical. The D was better in the third. Uh, and the uh, But the fast break kept coming from the Pistons. And as I said, they never really figured out uh, the transition D to handle that. So the Pistons kept rolling on that and uh, it was working for them. So why wouldn't they uh, at one point uh, the uh, Clippers were out rebounded by the Pistons uh, about midway through the third 38 to 20. Let's see how that finished up because the Clippers did not get a defensive rebound all night long or all day long. I'm sorry, an offensive rebound. Of course, they got defensive rebounds. They did not get one offensive rebound all day. Yeah, finished at zero. The totals for the day, 35 rebounds for the Clippers and 57 for the Pistons. So they were definitely outworked on the boards by the Pistons. And that's uh, 
that's something that will obviously be circled on the whiteboard and uh, indicated that needs to be improved because you can't get out rebounded by more than 20 and expect to be good on a regular basis. That's the stuff that Kawhi Leonard talks about where uh, we can't rely on our talent alone. We have to work as hard, if not harder than the opponent in defensive situations like on the defensive boards. And when you don't get one offensive rebound, that that's uh that's really surprising. One other thing that popped up, it's this is a Russell Westbrook thing, I think. I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, when you're playing defense and it's a four-on-one, does it show extraordinary effort getting a foul, trying to stop it, or does it show stupidity? To me, I don't understand that. And it's not just at the NBA level, at any level, college, high school. When you're on when you're the defender on a three-on-one or a four-on-one. Does it make sense to foul the guy? I just don't get it. Get out of the way. Let him have the bucket. Save the foul for a more important time. But some people say, maybe a coach looks at it and says, I love that effort. I love that effort. I don't know. I could go either way, I guess. I, I enjoy effort. I appreciate it. But Russell Westbrook on a four-on-one, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I know James Harden's good at knocking balls out of people's hands. So maybe that's the thought process. Well, you know, I'm a swipe at it. If I'm not in foul trouble, it's worth the, the shot, I guess. I don't know. You just look at it and kind of go, what? Why? Get out of the way. Stop wasting the foul. <laughs> you know, I think it was an and one to, to mention it all. But, uh, you, know, you know, Russ did his thing, finished uh, the night a little bit off. Later in the night, he had a, uh, later in the day, he had a three that would have been a, a, a definite icing dagger of sorts. And he completely airballed it. He did have two out of four from beyond the arc for 13 points, uh, three rebounds, two assists and one steal. So another very solid performance from Westbrook in 28 minutes. He went five up 10. Let's get to the bucket list. Uh, PG, as I mentioned, a very big afternoon finished with 33, 14 of 24, which included four threes. His first came, at 425, the second, that made it uh, 56-42 Pistons. It came right out of a timeout. I always like to see that when a timeout produces a bucket, especially a three. As for number four on the bucket list today, Russ had a three uh, right at the buzzer of the first half, which was a huge momentum swing for the Clippers away from the Pistons. It brought it to within 10, nine to be specific. So at the break, it was 58-49, thanks to a three from Russ. Uh, the number three bucket on the bucket list were six free throws. Um, I'm sorry, four free throws. Two from Terrence Mann at the 730 mark of the third. That made it 64-58 Pistons. And then right after it, about 30, 40 seconds later, Kawhi Leonard got fouled and made both of his free throws, which uh, drew them to the six points. So, Four big back-to-back -back free throws. Not normally something that gets on the bucket list, but at that point, they were very crucial points for the Clippers. They were chipping away, knocking it down, and they got fouled two consecutive times right there and made both free throws, or all four of them, rather. And uh, it, it drew the game to within six for the Clippers. Of course, Detroit didn't go away after that. It wasn't quite the dagger. They kept battling. And then on to the third, later in the third, about the 128 mark, Kawhi Leonard, a bucket and a foul. Uh, he made the free throw that made it 79 74. So from six 
down to five down. Then the number one bucket, there were two, two daggers, if you will. The first came from Amir Coffey at 654 of the fourth. It gave the Clippers a four-point lead. It was a straightaway three, 96-92, the, the score at that point. And then not long after that, uh, about a minute later, at 547, Paul George penetrated with a dunk and the foul. He made the free throw. That made it 99-94, and from there, the Clippers never trailed again. So uh, a great day from Paul George. Played hard, both shooting and penetrating. Amir Coffey making clutch buckets. He finished the day uh, in 27 minutes, going three of eight with two threes and 12 points. So, again, at least two guys off the bench with double figures. Norm Powell left early because of the, uh, the elbow to the head. He played 23 minutes and had just two points. And really, really messed up my prize picks, which I'm going to tell you about here in just a little bit. Uh, I forgot to get it going before the game, so I had to do a halftime pick. And I felt really good about Paul George, which I was right on. Sadly, the other three that I added with it uh, did not really work out the way I had hoped. So let's get into that uh, right after this. And then we'll do the uh, superlatives and wrap this one up uh, for a Saturday afternoon Clippers win it, beating the Pistons at Crypto.com, 112-106. They are now 27-6, and dating back to December 1st. They're 35-16 on the season and 20-5 and on their home floor at Crypto.com. Thank you for watching us here on the Locked On Sports LA YouTube channel and listening on the Locked On Clippers podcast feed. All right, as I mentioned... When I remember, and that's not all the time, I forget on occasion, but I like to uh, levy a little selection on prize picks going into a game. It just makes it more fun and more interesting. You know, prize picks is the largest daily fantasy platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, and it's just you against the numbers. You don't have to worry about battling thousands of other people or sharks or pros. It's just you. You go more or less than on two to six players with their stat projection for the day or the night, and I watch the winnings roll in. So today uh, I went second half prize picks with Jaden Ivey uh, from the Detroit Pistons, who was having a good a good stretch of games. He's averaged 27 over the last four and was off to a good start in the, the first half of this game. His second half number was 10 and a half. He finished with nine, so I went under there. Uh, as I said, I picked Norm Powell because his second half number was six, and he's usually very big for the Clippers in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, he left early with that blow to the head. He only had two points. Uh, I thought Russ would be able to turn in uh, a better performance in the second half. Unfortunately, he only had two on a number of six, and Paul George was successful. So I was one out of four on the second half there. His second half number was 11 and a half. I went more. He had 12 in the second half. So even that was a little close, but it was fun. So uh, get to prize picks, uh, quick deposits and withdrawals, simple and easy gameplay options, and an enormous selection of players, stat types, of course, with the Super Bowl rolling around tomorrow. They've got pages and pages of uh, combo selections that you can pick from there. I've got a couple of those working with uh, the Chiefs primarily because being from Southern California, as you all probably are aware, we're rooting for the Chiefs because we do not like anything from Northern California. Uh, I do have to mention that my initial deposit was super painless and hassle-free. I also received a 100% bonus up to $100. So check them out. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com 
slash locked on NBA. Yeah, that's what happens when you hit one. I hit a a four times a couple of days ago and it paid, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks. And uh, you get confident and you get cocky. Then you start, I'm going to make a five timer, a six timer, whatever. Uh, <laughs> those are hard. They're very challenging, but you hit one every now and then it keeps you in the game. It's a lot of fun. All right. Welcome back. Not that we went anywhere, but, uh, it's locked on Clippers postcast on the locked on Clippers podcast feed and the locked on sports LA YouTube channel, a matinee for the Clippers. And we thought maybe the way this one started was a bit of a, you know, early start hangover for the Clippers, but ultimately they got it back on track and kept battling. And that I, I feel like that number of uh, now 12 and 18 for the Pistons when leading by double figures was something that they were all aware of both sides. I'm sure it was circled on the whiteboard and uh, they were aware of it and they just kept digging away. Uh, James Harden, a, a productive day. I don't want to say it was great. It was good. It was effective. Two of eight from beyond the arc, four of 11, all in all in 36 minutes. Perfect from the line. Uh, just eight assists with 14 points. And one of the numbers I had circled going in was that, that stat that when Harden has, I feel like I look at it every day and night when Harden has 10 plus assists, the Clippers are. 16 and two, another number that came up that if you're a Pistons fan, you just have to hate that they are like one and 40 when they are trailing by five or more in the fourth quarter. (laughs) There's not a big comeback in this team late in the game, but they're young. Monty Williams is a heck of a good coach. They paid him a crap ton of money. He's going to be there for quite a while. You'd have to assume they're not going to fire him next year or something. They gave him a five-year deal worth a hundred and some million dollars. He's a heck of a good coach. I don't know why he was fired in Phoenix. I didn't get into that story. Never really made a lot of sense to me. And I don't feel like the Suns are better now for it. I feel like they should have stuck with him, but I like Monty Williams. He, he doesn't seem to be bothered by this stretch that they're on. He keeps, you know, grinding away with these youngsters and uh, for the Pistons, I feel like they're going to be a decent team here in the next year or two. Uh, they've got some good young talent and they've made some deals and they're working in that direction. And what you've seen from them of late will indicate that their record, they're a better team than their eight and 44 record would indicate. So you you just, just gotta, you know, keep grinding. If you're a Pistons fan, it's all going to be okay. Uh, games like today make you feel like, Hey, it's not all as bad as, as it looks. So, um, I, I I appreciate the underdog aspect of this team. You know, my mom's from Detroit. I've always got a tie to Detroit. I root for the Wolverines. I pay attention to the Lions and the Tigers. I don't want to say I'm a fan. Although, you know, when they've been as bad as like the Lions have been, that city hasn't had a whole lot of success lately. So it's cool that the Lions had a nice run this year. The Wolverines won the uh, NCAA title. So things are turning around, and I'm sure the Pistons will be a part of that here in the next next few years. Let's get to our uh, superlatives here before we run out of time, before I forget about it like I've done in the past. <laughs> um, tonight it was not terribly difficult to uh, put together tonight. <sighs> I hate it when it's a day game and the announcer talking about the day game continues to say at night, right? And I've done it how many times today? If I had a swear jar and I had to put a dollar in for every time I called it a night game or said tonight, I'd be broke by now. 
<laughs> so I apologize. I hate that I keep doing that. I, I, I'm probably, uh, what, what would you say my percentage is? I'm about 50% saying it wrong and saying it right on the day. So I'm very frustrated with myself. I scream at the screen when when people do it that I'm watching, but I'm, I'm guilty. I mean, 90% of what we do happens in the evening. So uh, therein lies the problem. But today, the, um, the superlatives go like this. Our best-dressed player of the day was both literal and figurative because Kawhi Leonard uh, had some cool gray sneaks on. He's been on a nice little run of wearing cool sneakers. Uh, the, the thumbnail that I used for today's broadcast was uh, some sneakers that he had on a couple days ago that were like baby blue and red. I always love that combination of baby blue and red. Back in the 70s, which I'm sure uh, is before many of you were alive, many baseball teams, and even the Clippers did this when they were the Boston Braves, I believe. I say Boston Braves all the time. Buffalo Braves. They wore the baby blue and red uniforms. The Philadelphia Phillies did it. The St. Louis Cardinals did it. The Kansas City Royals did it. There were a handful of teams in the 70s that had that color scheme of baby blue and red. And that's what Kawhi's shoes looked like a couple of nights ago against the Pelicans. And if you didn't see them, they're on the uh, the thumbnail for today's postcast. But tonight, today, he had on some great sneaks that were very cool. So he was the best dressed player, literally and figuratively, as he played a heck of a game. Seven of 18, so well over 50% on the day in 35 minutes. Three threes, just under 50%, which is good. It's not good for Kawhi, but it's still very good. He's usually shooting well over 50 from beyond the arc. But he had 24 points. Did have three turnovers, which you don't love, but uh, five assists, two steals, and four rebounds. So all in all, a good game. And uh, if they would have gotten an offensive rebound, I bet it would have come from Kawhi Leonard. So best dressed player of the day, Kawhi Leonard. The best actor of the day, James Harden. Wasn't a great day shooting for him. Four of 11, two of eight from beyond the arc, but he did have at least one uh, foul beyond the arc. And he went to the line and made all three free throws that came in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was pretty big for them. It gave them the lead the first time they had led since the first quarter. So three free throws getting fouled beyond the arc, uh, was clutch for the Clippers. And it, you know, James Harden, very good at drawing that foul. Some of it's acting, uh, a lot of it is necessity, right? I had a guy comment recently on a postcast from maybe, uh, I don't know, three or four or five, six days ago, something like that, that Harden is very good at that play and it's not acting. It is needed to keep from hurting yourself. And I thought it was a very interesting point that Harden is so good at collapsing. He doesn't hurt himself. He doesn't roll his ankle. Uh, so it's necessity over drawing the foul. I think it's both and I'm okay with that, but it was a good point. I thought, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying there. Because if he comes down rigid, stiff-legged, he could roll his ankle. And that's why they've made that play illegal. Because they don't want these guys to fall on the ankle or fall on the foot of the defender underneath them and, and turn their ankle. So a good point. Don't remember exactly who it was, but hopefully you're watching today. And uh, you can you know appreciate your solid point there on James Harden drawing that, that foul beyond the arc. He did it today and made all three free throws, which gave the Clippers the lead and ultimately the win. So in spite of a not great day from him for him shooting four of 11 for 14 points, he had some very clutch baskets in the fourth quarter from the free throw line and best smile of the day. Paul George was smiling quite a bit 
four of 13 from beyond the arc, but 14 of 24 for the day and 33 points, three assists, five rebounds and uh, three steals. So a great performance for him. And it was a comeback performance of sorts because he's gone through a streak of about four to five games where he hasn't really lit up the scoreboard like he did today. So congratulations to Paul George, a fantastic performance in a 112-106 win over the Pistons, a matinee at Crypto.com, uh, as the Clippers probably are already out of the building, <laughs> cleaned up, off to uh, dinner with the family or whatever, because uh, they're off tomorrow, get to enjoy the Super Bowl. Back at it with a big one on Monday against the Minnesota Timberwolves at Crypto.com. So we'll be there for that. Uh, join me right after the game right here on the Locked On Sports LA YouTube channel or listen on the Locked On Clippers podcast feed. Thanks for joining me. Clippers improved to 35 and 16 and 20 and 5 and uh, on their home floor after a 112-106 win. Have a good afternoon and enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk on Monday.